Got time for a quick story. Artists like to make art. It may seem like a duh, but we, we forget about that, especially when it comes to musicians, we, or oftentimes we forget about that. That we think, okay, maybe they've had a few hit singles, they were popular for a little while, and then a lot of folks expect those artists to yeah, just maybe play the hits, and otherwise that's all they know them for. Well, artists... The, the reason they are an artist is because they create art. They cre- In the case of music, they create musical art. And for many, they don't want to stop. How that creativity comes out varies. For some, they are artistic privately and you don't hear new music publicly, but the, but the music still flows. Take, for example, Billy Joel, who has barely released any new music since the early to mid-1990s. Some are, other artists are releasing new music seemingly every year or two. My recent interview with Steve Hackett was in Genesis, and he's been releasing solo music all the time in the decades since he was last in Genesis in the 1970s. And then everything in between. Katrina from Katrina and the Waves has new music out. Of course, Katrina and the Waves are most known for Walking on Sunshine in 1985, most iconic songs of the decade. It's a classic pop song. Everybody knows it. And the band had some other hits as well. That's what most people know her for. Of course, there's also Love Shine a Light that more in Europe would know from winning the Eurovision Song Contest for the UK back in 1997. But she has not stopped, and she just released a new solo album. Katrina from Katrina and the Waves released Hearts, Loves, and Babies on Friday, August 28th. The album is now out, and we're talking today to Katrina from Katrina and the Waves. First album in a few years. What? I'll start by asking this. What was the first moment where you went, I need to write new songs for some sort of a new release? Well, you start having too much fun for a start, and then you know there must be something wrong when your life just seems to be so easy, and you know, you're know you getting up on stage and traveling and singing and having a great time after the show and just carrying on, carrying on. Then all of a sudden, conscience taps you on the shoulder and says, oh, by the way, you know, there's another aspect to this musical career and what you do. And if you don't do that other bit of this, then it's not going to be quite as uh, rewarding. And I don't mean financially. I just mean kind of in, in your spirit and in your soul. And so then you think, oh, no, here we go. Here's the part where I've got to pour my heart out. Think of interesting things to write and sing about because you never know what's going to come out and then you sit down for that grueling however long it takes because you never know what you're going to write about or or what's going to what's going to pop out what's going to come out and so you're really it's just a, a relationship between you and the gods of what will happen and sometimes nothing happens and then other times it songs just fall from the heavens how does that songwriting process work for you? The lyrics come first, music, how do I mean is it do you have to be in a certain spot or does it hit you at any moment? How does that work? Well, first of all, forget about a little, you know, uh, glamorous deserted island <laughs> or, you know, the, the like the the contiki route. It just ain't going to happen. I sit down in my living room with my guitar on my lap and I just 
I wait for the inspiration. I play some chords. I'll play them over and over again. I might play some chords for five hours and not move from the spot. And once you have something and you feel like you've got something in that department, then you, you will hopefully be inspired by some lyrics that come to mind or I will have a I have a long list of song ideas. So I'm always writing down little ideas on sheets of paper and then sometimes I will then refer back to those and think, okay, what can I match up with this chord progression? What what's this what does this feel like? What's gonna happen? And like I said, sometimes you can labor over something for days and days and days and think, eh, it's just not coming, you know, it's just not coming together. And then other songs take as long as it takes to sing them and play them. Like three and a half minutes sometimes you can write a song and it's just completely done and you're completely happy with it. So you never know. But if you don't try, then, you know, you won't have the you won't have the fails, but you won't have the wins either. How many songs did you write in total that were that you were considering for the project? There were two more that didn't make it okay. just because when it then all came together with Hearts, Loves and Babies, then I thought, oh, no, these two are out on a limb. And I didn't want anything that people would pass over because they, they felt inappropriate or the, the like the atmosphere of the song was wrong or suddenly too much of a gear change. So I really did. There's one cover on there, which is a song called I Can't Give You Anything But Love. But the rest are originally written by me. And so to add to that, there were 11. Okay. And then so two didn't make it. Why that particular cover? Why why did you go with, with I Can't Give You Anything But Love, Baby? I had recorded that song a couple of years earlier when I was doing a, a show uh, over here in England and it was a Christmas show and they were asking all these 80s artists to come up with uh, a Christmas song and by the time I got round to it it seemed like all the best Christmas songs had been taken <laughs> so then I remembered this old Judy Garland song from Carnegie Hall and I thought if I change one word so when I did it for this Christmas show I said now that it is Christmas, I don't know what to do, instead of saying birthday. And I really, I loved my version of it, so I thought, well, I'm just going to rehash that and stick it on the album, because I just love it. It's got such a great feeling, and my version of it has a, a wonderful guitar so solo on it from uh, Darren Loveday, my left-handed boy genius. <laughs> He does some great guitar licks on this album, and it's very diverse from from what I'm what I'm hearing. I mean, he could play just about anything, it seems. Yeah, he's on fire. He's really, really good, and it's it's great to have a left-handed guitar player and a right-handed bass guitarist because when I stand in the middle, then it's just the perfect framing, you know, of the the one guitar going out one way and and the other going the other way. So, from an aesthetic point of view, it's it looks cool, and there are just four of us on stage. So I, I like the symmetry of it. So it really worked out that he's such a phenomenal player as well. <laughs> the lyrical content in particular, and I've been reading about it in the, in the press releases, listening to some of your other interviews, reading some of your other interviews about, about Hearts, Loves, and Babies, is getting more, it gets particularly personal, and especially there is that that back-to-back, -back, and I was listening to it again this morning, of Crazy Mama and Move On, and, I mean, it it's such a contrast. Like, it, it really, I mean, it, I, I found it hitting me 
just and not being able to relate to anything like that. But still, it, it, it still speaks no matter what kind of a life experience one goes through. I would have to imagine. Where did you decide I'm going to talk about my mother? I'm going to talk about other aspects of personal life in these song lyrics for this album. Well, Crazy Mama is a song that my mother was was crazy in the funnest, eccentric, greatest possible way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I exaggerated that in Crazy Mama. And uh, I'm I'm working on a video for that right now as well, which is just going to be completely random and crazy. But I think she would have enjoyed it. My mother was ex- was born in Topeka, Kansas, the same as me, but grew up and always wanted to be in the circus and wanted a, a crazy life. And wrote to Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, and actually got a letter back from a, an Italian trapeze artist who was with the circus at the time. And she said, Catherine, you should just you should just marry a nice man and and just you know go to college and marry a nice man and and have a family the circus life is very hard and it's uh it's you know my mother wanted to be a hot dog in the bun in a bun and they just said no i mean she was allergic to horses and dust and and everything else so it would have been a nightmare but she ended up kind of having her own little circus because she had six kids and married a man who moved every year uh, through his work in the in the military in the air force and so she had her own crazy life but it kind of it sort of made her crazy along the way as well you know it's a very very hard life so back to back with that is a, another song i wrote called move on which as i was writing it i didn't realize it was a it was about my mother and it was kind of a the when i was finished with the song the realization of the fact that it was actually about her and the way i felt with her, I call it a, a deathbed lullaby because that's what it is. It was my mother was very sick for two years, and you know, just kind of sitting by her bedside and and really willing her to just move on, move on to in, into death actually. And because I know she was trying to hang on for her family and for all of us, and I just wrote the song to sort of enable her, give her permission to go and to know that everything would be all right. And that's just the cycle of life and 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 so be it. And so when those songs sneaked up on me as I was writing songs, I was, I was very surprised because I normally, I like to write sort of lightweight pop songs and it was getting very, very deep and meaningful. And I thought, well, this confirms it. I'm definitely old. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know, as, as sometimes things happen, like when you're, you say things like, oh, I'm dancing around the living room, but you say, I'm boogieing around the living room. I mean, that's when you know you're ancient. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I kind of just let it be. You have to let the records, you have to let them be because they just, they're, they're like your, your offspring, like your children. You just have to let them go. And so that's what I ended up doing on Hearts, Loves, and Babies. I can't imagine I was the only person who listened to the big, like, start listening to Willing, and it's coming through. And then right at the beginning, it mentions California fires driving south to Santa Cruz. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the lyrics, but you, you you know the part that I'm talking about. And my first thought right now, and maybe I'm literally interpreting this, I'm going, whoa, wait, this came out just before this latest annual conflagration just blew up out west. And that's what I was kind of referring to weather-wise, because as I'm sure you've heard in the news from what we're going through in the States, the smoke has been everywhere across the country. Here in Wisconsin, again, halfway across the country, 
earlier this week, we had smoke overhead. Couldn't smell it, but it was hazy all week. And we're going, my gosh, what's going on? And I went, wow, what what incredible timing. Okay, now I maybe I'm literally interpreting that as opposed to the actual meaning of the song. What is that song about? What is Willing about? Willing is a song, and yes, the first line is, the California fires are burning, and every road leads south is closed. Oh, my love is waiting for me. How I'll make it to Santa Cruz, God knows. This song was inspired by reading a lot of John Steinbeck works of where he's got eclectic characters who do sometimes crazy and foolish things, and what this person is doing in my song is... This person has decided the only way to get to Santa Cruz and get out of the fire that this person is in is to swim. And so this person is going to swim down the river and get to Santa Cruz. You know, I don't even know where Santa Cruz is. I wrote the song as a fantasy that there was a fire in California and the only way to get to the loved one was to swim. And it's it's a kind of an epic adventure in a John Steinbeckian way. But this was written way before that fire. And some of the other songs on the album that were written before the pandemic that now seem to come into play, like a song called Drive. I don't know what it's like in the States, but one of the things that we all missed in, in England so much was just being able to get in the car and drive. And when we could, after lockdown, it was the thing that gave us so much freedom and made us feel kind of like we could escape the pandemic for a couple of minutes just to get in the car and drive. And I thought, well, I know it's banal to say in this song, I want to drive. I just want to drive total control, feeling alive. But that's just the way it, it made me feel. And then stick hooks galore in there and hopefully we've got a decent pop song. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of varies depending on where you are in in the country. I know the urban area, like the like the big cities, have have really been locked down here. It's kind of a suburban area, so we've been able to get out and about at least. At least I've been able to get to the radio station, but we're 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 keeping it cautious here. But yeah, there's still that sentiment of when will when will how do we get past this? So even if it's not literal literal driving, though, like I said, for some people that is the case here in the in the U.S. That sentiment go, I have to imagine it's worldwide to varying degrees right now with this pandemic. Well, yes, of course. I mean, it's it's one of the the few things that we as as a, a, a global community have shared. And it's a very unique experience that there's no one on the planet on planet Earth who is untouched by this. And because of that, it is a phenomenon. It's an awesome phenomenon. And it it will pass, like everything will pass, although it feels like we're just wading through treacle right now. <laughs> for for me in, in my business, all of my shows in twenty twenty and I had a very, very full calendar all got moved to 2021 and even those are looking are have big question marks over them and so i just i you know what i decided yesterday i was going to adjust my thinking and stop thinking about this i'm going to do what i can to not spread i I already had the the uh i had covid19 already in um in march And so I, I, I was just one of the lucky ones who had mild symptoms. And if it hadn't been for a peculiar dry cough 
and quite a bit of fatigue, I wouldn't have even thought that it was anything. But I did go and have a test, and it showed that I have antibodies, which means I already had it. But, you know, of course, I can get it again, so I do my bit. I wear a mask. But in the meantime, I just... I decided it's a mindset to worry about it and have so much anxiety about it the whole time that I am going to literally forget about it and just get on with my life and try and and be happy and know that this is just a snap of the fingers in the grand scheme of 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 humanity and time and I'll just uh not try and bring myself or the people around me down with any negative thoughts like what's going to happen what's going to happen because i i mean i don't know about you but it's just it's so hard to pull yourself away from the news Mm -hmm. the media and what's happening and people love to make the big statements of well this is going to be with us it could be two years it could be three years (laughs) and i just think wow i think i'm just going to stay in today I'm going to I'm going to crack open a nice cold beer and I'm just going to I'm going to chill out. I'm going to watch something lightweight on television or Netflix and try not to get too caught up in it and stop watching the news. <laughs> I admire that sentiment that that's a, that's really nice. The other thing that has gotten a lot of people at least artists from what I've been looking at online, you've noticed the same thing. It's this whole at-home video, DIY approach. If you're making a music video, you got to do it a little bit differently. You can tell which music videos were shot up until the pandemic and which ones came afterwards. And I almost, I'm between the videos you've done for like the, well, the two videos out right now, so for I Want to Love Again and for Drive, and some of the other videos I've seen from other artists, it's make it's almost a throwback from what I'm interpreting, back to the early days of music video, where you're literally using video as opposed to film. You're shooting in people individually. You're doing different frames and bringing that in, and kind of it's like it's like re it's going in again to that original concept of how do we make a video. And I got that impression with you and the band members, and of course, the poodle. How did you ultimately decide, I'm going to have the poodle drive in this car, I'm going to have, or in this video, I'm going to have the poodle be an analyst in this video? Where did you get that idea for those particular videos? Yeah, and don't forget the flying monkey. The poodle is also a flying monkey oh, yes. from The Wizard of Oz, and I am a tin man <laughs> yes, because yes. I couldn't find anybody else who wanted to wear the face paint, which is silver <laughs> and takes a long time to get off. Uh, you know what what's, this has created is... a a huge amount of creativity and imagination and I look around and I think well what have I got to work with because I'm kind of in a bubble and everybody's isolating around here and I look over and I see that I've got a poodle so I think okay I've got to be creative with my little toy poodle and so she's featuring very heavily in the videos and it gives me enormous joy because it makes me laugh I can hardly sleep at night I'm laughing so hard thinking of the next scenario I'm going to cook up for this poodle but you know back in the day Probably the first video I ever made was for the song Walking on Sunshine, which was made in 1984 and the song was a hit in 1985. But, you know, that was on a very, very low budget. And all I did was walk along the edge of the Thames, which is the big river here mm-hmm. in London, mm-hmm. and and go to Hyde Park and feed the ducks. And then we went inside and I just we just you know play i played the guitar in a black and white top with the I think it was a red guitar and and you know it was cheap but cheerful i think it cost us 600 pounds to make which back then was about 
a thousand dollars, which is nothing these days. But look at it. I mean, it's still fresh as a daisy. And I think some of the stuff that people are doing now because they're forced to be creative is actually creating a new genre in film, which is great. Yes, a lot of it's filmed against the green screen, but it, you know, it, it, it's all, it's trial and error. It takes an awful lot of experimentation, but even sometimes when it goes dreadfully wrong, it can, so sometimes the results are either catastrophic or they can be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, again, if you don't try, you're never going to know if you're, if you're failing here or if you're winning or have you just invented a new genre of, of, of video? I mean, for me, I just use what I got. And it happens to be my little poodle. And she happens to really love it. She loves driving the car. She, that's kind of her natural go-to position to be there at the steering wheel. <laughs> oh, it's so adorable, especially like right at the end of the video. And you look, the, the poodle's looking right into the camera. And then he's right. And I see the nose right there. I'm just like, oh, that's so cute. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I know she's a natural. She's so much better at it than me. That's why I put on the poodle mask and and let let her do the cute the business of being cute. You're gonna have to have 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 the and what is it? Peggy is that the name? Am I yes, right? Yes, okay. that's right. Okay, Peggy Lee. Okay, you're Peggy. Lee, I th I'm sure you know this, but Peggy Lee's gonna have to be in like every video you do from here on out. Like every, it's it's well, it's your thing. Of course. Yeah, I'm making one for Crazy Mama now, and we've got a, a Pope outfit for her, and I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. But she will be flying. She will be flying. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we'll be watching for that one for sure. I have one other question about, and the, and, and I know we're, we're, i got to let you go here, but one other question. I heard this, and it was your interview with, I think it was the interview with James Watt, and it and it. it and I'm always curious about the, the, un, the alternate histories of music. And you'd mentioned about how when in, in 1985, you guys get signed to the uh, paraphrase it here. You weren't expecting other radio stations to to go walking on sunshine is going to be the hit. You figured there were other songs that could that would probably more likely to be the first single. So, of course, did I just hear Peggy Lee in the background? Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I love it. P. What? Oh, P. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, she gets called Pete or other things when she's in trouble. Oh. I may have to open the door and let her go and investigate whatever it is. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Right. She's gone now. She's going to check and see if it's the postman or the mailman, as we say in America. Right. Yeah, so what happened with Walking on Sunshine is we, the Bangles covered a song of ours called Going Down to Liverpool. Right. And we didn't have a, much of a deal. We had a deal with Attic Records in Canada. And that was the, kind of the only thing we could get. When the Bangles covered Going Down to Liverpool, it brought some interest from some major labels. And we started, we were doing this little tiny tour from the east coast to the west coast of canada back again and then back and forth back and forth even though i'm american it just seemed like the canadians liked our music <laughs> couldn't get signed then all of a sudden we started seeing these sort of shady looking guys with you know clipboards and taking notes sitting at our gigs and they were major record labels and they were checking us out and we did eventually get signed by Capitol Records so it was very much thanks to the Bangles but when we sent out our demo tape to all the radio presenters and DJs we had four songs and it, it was kind of like Capitol saying introducing Katrina and the Waves and Walking on Sunshine was the fourth song of those four songs because we just thought oh well we'll end on a little high 
but the song wasn't really us. You know, we're, we thought we were a bit cooler, a bit more serious. But the DJs heard Walking on Sunshine, especially the drum intro, and they said, it's the Sunshine song. This is the first single. This is the one we'd love. This is the one, this is the one you guys. What's the matter? With, can't, why can't you see that? And we were like, what? Really? <laughs> and then, you know, the rest is history. But, I mean, after that, God, we had to really learn to smile because, you know, we'd be doing photo sessions and we'd be looking all sulky and, you know, like we're cool, man. We're the Velvet Underground. Don't mess with us. And these photographers would, would be saying, come on, you guys, <laughs> you're walking on sunshine. Come on. Oh, Let's, uh, you know, take your dark glasses off. Let's see, you know, jump up around. You're like the Beach Boys. You're like uh, a happy Chrissy Hind. You're like, you know, and trying to kind of make us something. Well, obviously, we had to go with the flow because people seemed to like the record. What do you happen to remember the other three songs on that demo? Do you want crying? Red wine and whiskey, and a song called Que Te Quiero. Oh, what? A, sp a Spanish love song. Well, and some of those ended up becoming hits anyway. So it just so happened yeah. that a legend, that an absolute legendary classic was among the four right there. Yeah, it was just, it was a really hard act to follow for the other songs, you know, because Do You Want Crying was always going to be the the first single, because we thought it kind of said everything about us. We thought it was radio friendly and everything. But little old Walking on Sunshine had different plans. Yes. Know? Well, and it made enough of a difference that is, uh, the, to wrap it up here, yesterday when, I, when we got the interview booked, um, I look across to one of my fellow DJs, her office across the hallway. I'm like, guess who I'm interviewing tomorrow? She makes a couple guesses, and I say, Katrina from Katrina and the Wave. She's like, what? Shut up. I'm like, what? And she said, that is, she said, and she works on like a hard rock station in our building, and she said, she went on the air the other day and, and said, without knowing this interview is coming, that is like her one happy song, the happy the song that gets her going the most in the morning of any song she has to always hear it. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're interviewing her? I'm like, yeah. That's how happy, how much of a difference that song has made everywhere. And that's like example number 1,473,000 you probably heard. But thank you for doing that song and for being able to talk about Hearts, Loves, and Babies after 35 years and getting more new music from you. Yeah, you bet. I mean, it's been my absolute pleasure. And tell your DJ friend, I hope she didn't lose any credibility admitting that <laughs> <laughs> on her cool rock station. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell her if she gets any any flack about it, she's got Katrina to back her up. So I think, I think she's, she's pretty you solid. Bet. The new album, make sure anyone listening to this goes listens to that album hearts loves and babies find it in a whole lot of streaming places by the album and hopefully we'll see you live at some point in the future katrina thanks for taking some time to chat with us today oh gosh it's been my absolute pleasure now you take care my friend i'll speak to you again someday sounds good take care katrina bye-bye lots of love bye-bye now katrina from katrina and the waves really really fun there especially with with the poodle coming in on the interview. I always love when when real life comes into one of these chats. But yeah, Hearts, Loves, and Babies is the name of the album. Uh, as I mentioned there at the end, you can find it on a lot of usual platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Website as well, if you want to learn more, is katrinasweb.com, K-A-T-R-I-N-A-S, Web.com, Katrina'sWeb.com. You can also find uh, her on social media as well. Look for Katrina from Katrina and the Waves. 
Katrina from Katrina and the Waves, and you'll find her on social media. This has been the latest edition of the Got Time for a Quick Story podcast. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do uh, these interviews. You can listen to a lot of these same interviews and more at GreatestHits981.com. Click on interviews at that website, and you can listen to, well, not only you can listen to this particular interview, but... uh, a whole lot of others I've done. My coworker uh, John Murphy uh, has a recent interview with Bill Medley, Righteous Brothers, and you can listen to that at greatesthits981.com and click on interviews. For this podcast, you can find it on a, a whole lot of the usual podcasting platforms, especially uh, via Android and Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, etc. Uh, make sure you subscribe to get new editions. Um, find out when they come out and also make sure to rate this preferably higher (laughs) so that word spreads more about this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.